This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a special episode of the Animaniacast. Hey, Gat, this is Pinky, and you're listening to Animaniacast. You know why? Because you're going to take over the world. Narf. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And today we have an episode that is different than the other ones and very special indeed because uh, this is going to be our coverage of Animaniacs Live visiting Tucson. And not only that, but also Randy Rogel's panel from Tucson Comic Con. Uh, This was a fantastic opportunity uh, and boy, oh boy, it was just a a great time. Um, And boy, I wish, the only thing I I really wish that uh, somebody could have been there was my little brother Nathan, but um, unfortunately, he's in all the way in Los Angeles, of course. And wait, what? 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 Are you talking about me, Joey? Oh, Nathan! What oh, you, hey! What are you doing here in the room that I'm sitting in? Yeah, this is weird. We're not like talking over each other, and it doesn't sound like I'm in a can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not on Skype anymore. <laughs> oh, there he is. That's more like I, I'm rec- I'm used to that now. Yeah, but no. <laughs> Nathan's here in Tucson for just a just the night. Just the night, because I I heard I I, I was just driving around and and talking to my dad and your dad too, you know, oh, our our weird. dad. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Um, but he said, "Oh, Nathan's here," and I said, "What?" So I had to come over here and do the intro. Uh, you're a week late, Nathan. I'm sorry. You missed Animaniacs what? Live. I thought it was tonight. No, you missed it. It was, it was last week. Ah, you're terrible. Well, what happened? All right, well, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay. okay. I want to hear. Okay, so the first thing that happened is on uh, Friday night, um, was it November 3rd, uh, I drove down there and the first, one of the first panels of the, the evening was going to be Animaniacs Live at Tucson Comic Con. And it was supposed to have Randy Rogel and Rob Paulson there. And I was thinking, wow, this is going to be fantastic. And very surprising because there was like little to no promotion on this. Um, so this was kind of unbelievable. Like, is this really going to happen or not? Yeah. <laughs> so some prank someone. Yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> sort of prank. But I figured, well, they probably want to promote the show a little bit before, you know, the night before just to, you know, get some more tickets sold, stuff like that. So we, uh, you know, I already had my media pass for Tucson Comic Con. So went down there with uh, buddy Jason Hunt from uh, the Wampas Lair podcast. And we uh, looked, at, went to the, the room where I was going to start, and they weren't listed outside of the, the hmm. thing. So I was thinking, well, maybe it's canceled. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we went down to the information booth, and I said, Hi, is Animaniacs Live still going on at 5 o'clock in the such-and-such building? And they're like, oh, yeah, is that you? <laughs> and I said, no, no, we're just wondering. Oh, yeah, that's still going on at 5. Oh, okay. So we go back up there, and then... Uh, on the way over, uh, I believe it was on the way over, we see somebody with an Animaniac shirt on. So I'm thinking, wow, I'll just hand this young lady this our card, right? Well, it turns out that it's Cameron, uh, one of our listeners who was there. Oh. And she was like, Joey? And I was like, oh, hey, Cameron. Because <laughs> Cameron's uh, very active on Twitter and stuff. She talks with our, our account uh, quite often. So it was great to see Cameron. And uh, 
We made our way over to uh, the Rob Paulson, Randy Rogel uh, panel, and who is outside confused? It's Randy Rogel. <laughs> and he's looking outside the building, too, saying, is this, is this the room? Am I, am I supposed to do a thing today? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and uh, so Jason and I said, yes, yes, this is the room. I just talked to the people. <laughs> that th- So this is definitely where you're supposed to be. So we went inside, and uh, it ended up being a very nice panel. We got to learn a little bit about uh, Randy Rogel's uh, background in animation. And I won't spoil it right now, but he actually, I was surprised, he had a background in a cartoon series that was not Tiny Toon Adventures and obviously, you know, right before uh, getting into uh, Animaniacs. It wasn't comedy-based. Okay. Have a guess? Uh, is it, um, was it a drama? Sort of, maybe, kind of. Was it a, a scary thing? Some, not really, sort was of, it, kind of. Freddy? No. Uh, no. no. Oh, you'll find out in a minute, but it, it, it's, 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 it's uh, Fox Kids related, I'll put it that way. Should we play the clip right now? Yeah, let's just play the whole thing. So, here we go <laughs> yeah, to okay. Randy Rogel's panel from Tucson Comic Con. This is Randy Rogel, and you are listening to the Animaniac cast. That's Animaniac. the music composer of all these great cartoons, and I'm Frank Powers, I'm your BFF. Well, oh, there, that was here. that. I didn't see that one over there. All there right. you go. Let's get up here. Let's have some fun. Let's talk about one of the greatest cartoon shows that's ever been around and is back now, I believe, on Netflix. So it's getting a bit of popular. Well, it did very well. First of all, let me say, I'm not one of the cartoon voices. I'm the guy who puts the words in the mouths of the cartoon voices. And also, I was known for writing most of the songs from Animaniacs. And the reason I'm here, as much as I love all of you, is I'm not here for the Tucson Comic Con. I'm here for tomorrow night is Animaniacs in concert at the Rialto Theater. And Rob Paulson, who plays Yakko, who how many of you know of two little mice who tried to take over the world? He's Pinky, he's Dr. Scratch, and Stiff, he's also two of the Ninja Turtles, he's Jimmy Neutron, uh, Carl. He, uh, he and I have been doing this show. He's, he's being uh, one of the, 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 the turtles right now and recording, and then he's flying here this evening. We're going to do the show tomorrow night, so we want to invite you to come see the show. It's a really fun show, and it's the music and a lot of the stories, and also the voices and the animation of Animaniacs. And we'd, uh, we, you know, we have the permission of Warner Brothers licensing, uh, Steven Spielberg, the show, we've done the show now in Chicago, in New York, in Atlanta, in Denver, uh, uh, Minneapolis, Honolulu, Los Angeles. The show is really on its way, and we're really happy to be bringing the show to Tucson. You're gonna really love it. So I would, I would say, go to www.rialtotheater.com and under that coupon code, uh, put, uh, is it Tucson Comic Con? I believe just Comic Con. Comic Con, and you get your nice big discount, 20% discount, whatever, and come see the show tomorrow night, tell your friends, because it's really a fun, if you like to laugh, if you like animation, vibrant, wonderful animation, and if you like really terrific, fun songs, this is the show for you. So, yeah. Heck yeah, so that's tomorrow night, tomorrow night. I also, yeah, my name's Frank Powers. This again, let's hear, I didn't do it in the microphone. Let's hear it for this man that starts speaking, he's so talented. It's Mr. Randy Rogel. That's how you do it. That's how you start a show. So, also, uh, again, my name's Frank Powers. I'm running the Comic Book Mobile booth down there. It's booth 1120. And yeah, we'll be giving away Animaniacs tickets tomorrow 
all day. Basically, everything you buy, you get raffle tickets all day, every hour, so you'll be able to go see them. And also, use that Comic-Con code, Comic-Con, and just save 20%, 20%. And I believe tickets start as low as 29 bucks, so that's a fun night out. Perfect way to end your Saturday at Comic-Con. Go there, it ends, our, our thing, Comic-Con ends at 7, that show starts at 7. Yeah. So it's literally perfect. All right, that's how you want to spend that day tomorrow. So, uh, what we want to talk about now is, again, I think the best place to start is to start with the music. Why don't we talk about some of the music? Well, you know, uh, we'll make sure we take any questions or comments that the audience wants to give. But uh, Antony's was a rare show, from, at least from that era, because we had a full orchestra. And, now, you know, Steven Spielberg commands a lot of resources because of who he is. But in those days, we had the Warner Brothers Orchestra. So it would be quite a thing that, you know, once the, the, the process is the cartoon gets written or I would write a song and I would just write it on the piano in my office over at the studio, we would bring in the actors, they'd lay down a, you know, a little vocal track to it. And then that's what the storyboard artist used to storyboard it out because he's hearing the performance. Goes overseas, it gets animated, it comes back. Then we all, all go into a sound stage, which is even bigger than this whole room. And they, you know, put it up on the, the cartoon up on the big screen. And our brilliant uh, music director for all of those Warner Brothers animation shows at that time was Richard Stein. I mean, you know, for um, that, uh, excuse me, for Peaking the Brain, for um, for Animaniacs, for Hysteria. Uh, I think he also did some work on Tiny Toons as well. Automatic. Yeah, yeah, Richard gone now, but uh, he was basically Carl Stallman reincarnated. And they wanted to bring back the feeling of those old, beautiful Carl's. You, you see, you know, the Roadrunner cartoons, the old books by how rich and fully um, orchestrated these were. So we would go in, and this orchestra would come in. These guys are the best in the bit. They play all the movies, you know. They, where do I sit, you know? <laughs> they would sit down, and these guys can read notes on a page faster than you can read words. Most of you can read words. I mean, faster than I can read words. And in those days also, we didn't have a lot of that digital notation uh, programs, and we didn't have pro tools and all that. So we used to say that the music was born at the podium, because the conductor would get up there, he would drop that baton, and that's the first time any of us heard the music. Now you can mock it up and kind of get a feel for it. So we would sit there, and you know, animation has a lot of hints in it. The music Orchestra, I mean, the woodwinds and the, the string sections, the percussions, it's really quite a thing to want. I remember I was saying that because they would always have me come over when they were doing the songs. And I'd be singing with Rich, you know, and he, they play, he'd stop and he'd go, No, no, no. He said, Woodwinds, that's a B natural. And I was going, How the hell did you hear that? You know, that guys were really brilliant, but it was quite a thing to see a whole orchestra play, and they're playing it live to the picture. And you know, they'd be scoring it. Too. So you, know, you may not even notice this, but like, no, we, we do a lot of songs along animation tomorrow, and there's one in Yamaha's universe where they're coming in, and it's like, and he jumps off the light in the snow, and he, he shakes it, and as he's running, he goes, bling, 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 bling. you know, all those little hits get put into there in real detail. So it's really quite a thing to watch. In fact, we do the show also in another incarnations with a symphony orchestra. That's a much bigger show. Um, and we've done it with the Colorado Symphony already and the uh, La Mirada Symphony. And then we, we have the whole symphonies come in, and these people are used to playing Mahler 
something like that. And when they sit down playing all this cartoon music, they just go crazy because it's pretty challenging for them. So it's a fun, fun evening. Heck yeah. Again, I, yeah. I'm not going to say, if there's one thing that's very, very true, and it's very, very true about all Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers specifically, it is that orchestra. It is that thing. There are cartoons that come out, I think that's what they're missing. They're missing the music. And that's always been that thing that makes those Warner Brothers cartoons special. And I really do come back to the Animaniacs. I mean, how many Animaniacs cartoons, again, I always think of uh, uh, Mindy and all that, they were musicals. Yeah. yeah, they did so many musicals, so many musical parodies, all that stuff. How come and why, why do you think or why was that like one of the main things to go is like we're really gonna we're really gonna you know talk about musical culture make fun parodies of that and really use that orchestra it was an amazing throwback that was a, immediately noticed because again the Animaniacs they were Looney Tunes they just got locked away in that water tower because they were too Looney and that's the thing so it matched up the time it just was exactly it was so fun to again at the time that I was growing up. I was just hitting there, it was like, you know, 11, 12. It was perfect, it was just this whole thing that like, we were ready for, because Looney Tunes had had a huge comeback, and was doing really well, Space Jam was coming out, all that stuff, so now Animaniacs is the resurgence after Tiny Tunes. It was amazing, it was original as well. It was one of the most original cartoons that I think we've ever seen, and that's what's been amazing about it. So, why do you think the music was one of the driving forces behind that? That's a really excellent question. And see, Animaniacs, which for those of you saw, was, was what we call a magazine show. And so it's like, remember Rocky and Bullock, the way you would have a cartoon, the main cartoon of Rocky and Bullock, then you'd have Fractured Fairy Tales, then you'd have the one with Aesop's Fable. You know. So Animaniacs had that, and some of them really emerged uh, because and the, the Warner Brothers and Warner's sister, as Bob was saying, were the, the lead characters, but then we would break away, you know, after a commercial, we'd come back and you'd hear, bump, 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 we had two minds, completely up the the world, or we had Mindy and Buttons, as you said, and Mindy was played by Nancy Cartwright, and Nancy is, of course, Bart Simpson. Uh, we had um, Rita and Runch, uh, which was another little musical cartoon, and Bernadette Peters was the one who played uh, Rita. Uh, they were Homestock Cat. But to answer your question of how did the music emerge, I think they always thought it'd be a fully scored musical, but I had begun writing songs when I got to get on staff. I, you see, I was writing Batman, the animated series, for any of you know that. Uh, yes! <laughs> so I was writing Batman, and then um, working for Alan Burnett, Matt and Tim, Bruce Tim, they're announcing that group, and they were doing Tiny Tunes at the time, you know, because they were guys across the hall, and they were developing a show called Animaniacs, and I said, well, I should write on that show. And they said, no, you, you write that dark shit, that dark stuff, and Animaniacs is a comedy, you know. And I said, well, no, a comedy is me. So then I wrote that song with all the countries, if you've heard it, it sings all the countries. And so Tom liked that, he sent to Stephen, he liked that, so they had me do another one. So gradually, I mean, I was writing scripts too, but they liked the songs and the songs emerged enough that we began making that a regular part of the show. And, uh, and Tom was a pretty good songwriter too. And uh, that, that's how, they, yeah, so the songs began to emerge. Plus then they would do parodies, like you say, of like West Side Pigeons instead of West Side Story. I did a lot of the original songs, or I would take songs that were well known. Um, to do those, I didn't really do any of those. Those were done mostly by Deanne Oliver, but they had to be very careful because you'd get sued. So what they would do is turn a melody on its head. So instead of da 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 da
But uh, Ice Ice Baby, we all know the story. That's right, exactly. How many of you have learned a lot of classical music from cartoons? Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, how many of you have seen the mouse running up the keyboard, or he's inside the piano and he's running as, as the cat's hitting the key and he's trying to drop the keys and he's going, and you didn't realize you were learning Franz Liszt from Hungary and Rhapsody. So we did a lot of that, and I mean, some of the songs, if I was doing something with a, a Liszt song, like you have to hand in the next book, and I hate to make a book, that's the Mexican half dance. But I did one, I did some to, um, I did one with all the, food. they were looking at a carton of ice cream. And they were reading the ingredients. As far as I don't give you the And I did, I did the present song to the Lion Tell Overture. And John, uh, George Washington was the first you see. He was like, very much angry to you. Anyway, that's it. But then most of the songs I did, I tried to make them just original melodies. So. Uh, did, you do, uh, did you do the parts of the brain from Beneath the Rain? Which one? Brainstem, brainstem. <laughs> I remember that one. That was Tom Minton. And Tom Minton was actually the model for the brain because he had this kind of moment always moments. So Tom Weaver tells that story very well. Oh, that's awesome. So again, let's let's really realize what's going on. It's a it's one thing again. Rob's not here, busy. He's Donatello right now. All right, he'll be here tomorrow. Flying in tonight, I believe. That's the man that performed that amazing stuff. This is the man who just said, "I'm working on Batman. I have to earn my way to get on this show." So he wrote that Yakko song. Was he literally writes Yakko's world like it's like that's amazing. We you know the interesting corollary to that that story is that I got onto Animaniacs and I began writing lots of scripts, writing lots of songs. And about I don't know, maybe ten months goes by a year, and and uh, Batman's doing very well. And Alan Burnett, who ran that show, he came to me. And he said, hey, um, we're behind on Batman scripts. Do you think you can write a couple of Batman scripts for us? And I thought, yeah, it'd be fun. It's been like a year since I was working on Batman. And I said, sure. So in the Monday morning meeting with Gene McCree, who's the, you know, the president of Warner Animation, we go around telling you know, if you understand what we're working on. And I said, yeah, I said, yeah this one thought we'd be doing a couple of Batman scripts. And she goes, but Batman's dark, and you write that comedy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you know, you're only as good as your most recent sales. That's right. I started up there. That's why all you artists, cartoonists, comedy, make sure your portfolio is up to date. Don't be doing stuff you don't want to do just to get paid, because otherwise, that's the stuff you're going to do. You're going to be doing Colgate ads for the rest of your life. You don't want to do that. So that's amazing. That's a heck of a thing. What else was that? So it's surprising because it's it's fascinating to find out how much you've done, how much writing you've done, as opposed to just also making the music, writing the music. What other Warner Brothers shows have you written for? Well, I, when I came on board, I started writing for Batman. I wrote the uh, the the origin of Two Face. That wow. I wrote the origin of Robin. That won the Emmy. Yeah, Two Part, Riddler, all of those. Then on Animaniacs and Pinky the Brain and Hysteria, and we we developed a lot of other shows there too. That you know, so I was very heavily involved in that. I was at Warner Brothers like nine or ten years working on all those shows, and then I went to Disney. And at Disney, I was working on Oh House of Mouse, Tarzan, Milan. I produced the Winnie the Pooh movies, a couple about three of those, and I um, uh, wrote the music also for the Cinderella. Cinderella 2, or Cinderella 3, I wrote um, Chia for all the Mickey, Donald, around the world many days, I did for them. Um, most recently I did a, a movie, it was about a year and a half now, um, John Powell is a great composer, he's a famous composer, we wrote for Christian Chenoweth for the movie Rio 2. Oh. And, um, and so, but now I work for a studio called Big Bamboo, 
Uh, and we've got a show called A Thousand One Nights, which is in its third year, and that's in like 80 countries, so I run that show. Plus we've got six other shows going, so that keeps me going. But what the fun part is I get to go do, you know, because Aunt Maniac is about 25 years old now, but it went back on Netflix and it's done very, very well. So people are talking about it. So Warner's licensed the show, so we get to show up and sing all these fun songs. And, the, and you know, what I like to do to also the audience when they come there and say, well now, do you want to hear a song that Steven Spielberg killed, or that we never got to do, that the censor, or do you want to hear the original lyrics? before the censors made me change them. So we actually let the audience hear what some of the original stuff was, stuff that you never even heard, or stuff that got changed, which is really fun. See, I was gonna ask, like, because I'm sure it's a fun show, kids, or your kids of all ages, all that sort of thing, but Animaniacs used to sometimes slip something in, they'd slip it in, and that doesn't mean to sound filthy either. But they, they, they would get something in, especially fingerprints, jokes like that. Fingerprints was one. I did one, there's one I did on the earthquake. And they're singing about, you know, when the big earthquake hit in 94 in, in L.A. So I, my little boy types said, why don't you write a funny song about an earthquake? I said, gee, people die. But I wrote it, and this one won an But one of the lines of it, <laughs> one of the lines of it was, who's fault? Who's fault? It, it, it starts like, you know, a quake, a quake. The house begins to shake. You're bouncing across the floor and watching all your dishes break. It's good. But one of the lines is, um, who's fault? Who's fault? The San Andreas' fault. Because Mr. Richter can't predict her kicking our asphalt. And I thought, they're not going to let me get away with it. But the, the, it went right past the censor. And I know the kids would never get that. You know, also, it's constantly a battle when you're doing these issues. You're fighting the network. You're fighting the you know, broadcast standards and practices of the censors. And some of you are just fighting the editors, you know. Uh, you know, people who are story editors on the show. But I remember this was a Batman story. I, had, uh, I wanted Batman in one scene to come, you know, crash into a skylight, breaking the glass. And he lands on the dark, he stands up beside the and then, you know, he takes off his gloves, and I knew they weren't gonna let me go through the glass. You know, they wouldn't let Batman break through the glass. So, I wrote it, he comes through the glass showers, he lands, and one of the villains is running up the stairway, and he throws his batarang, and as I wrote, it says it severs the head of the guy, and his head comes bouncing down the stairs. And the guy, you can't do that! This is a kid's cartoon. I was going, oh man, he's kind of a monster kid. No way! It's all, all right. And they totally forgot about the glass thing, you know, because they were so tired. So sometimes you have to just, you know, it's the Yogi Tip. Bob, and you make them look over here. Yeah, they bob and weave and all that. But Animaniacs was full of, of little, you know, lewd and lascivious. Yeah, that's funny. That's actually a good way to hear it. It's a clip where I do it. I went to a school for cartooning. Uh, I learned from Carmine and Catino. Carmine and Catino invented the Flash. And there's one of these things where it's like, you want to get something passing? Draw hair on a girl's arm. And then, like, what is that? Like, Whoa. Oh, yeah, you're right. And then someone's getting shot in the beam in the plasma. They can see that. It's very much a cleavage that you can't arm hair on the lady. So it's always a clever way to get away with things. So that's just you know, yeah. Another one they would illustrate this show too is, is um, the brain and Pinky used to always have this little gag where he'd go, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? And Rob will be here tomorrow when you see him. He does all those voices. He's so hysterical. You've got to see this guy who does it. Plus, he sings so brilliantly. Yeah. But he would do all these, you know, like, but one of the ones they would, you know, I'm trying to remember some of the ones that Rob does. Um, I don't know, Brian, but, you know, what do you think of me and Pippi Longstocking or something like that? But one of the ones we did that they, they cut was, he goes, are you pondering what I'm pondering? He says, I think so, Brian, but how are we going to get the dwarf to sit still? 
Ya, bien hecho. Una idea. That's amazing. Um, let me ask you, how many awards? I don't want to be a two chamber, but how many awards have you won? How many awards? Yeah, like how many awards have you been part of? I won. I was nominated for ten. I won three Emmys. And then um, I, I won uh, two Annie Awards, which are like the Emmys and Annie in animation. Wow. Three Leo Awards, which are uh, basically Emmy Awards in Canada. And then um, I won the Ovation Award. And well, anyway, I'm here to check out my awards. But, you know, hey, 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 come on, I'm asking. That's the point. Rob, Rob won the Emmy for Best Voice Acting, and Marisa Marsh has won it twice. And Michelle Hominius um, won quite a few. Quite a few of them. It's very, very like famous for that. Um, but you never do it for the awards, that's just a nice thing. You're just trying to do a good show and yeah. have people up and that's cool. And that animation is really fine on all cylinders because we have a lot of freedom in that show uh, that um, it came with Spielberg's so Iraq. We were all writing to crack each other up. That's why, you know what's interesting? Is when we do the Animaniacs Live, what we call Animaniacs in Concert, 99% of it are adults. It's really an adult show. I mean, kids can love it just to put on animation like you just saw there too. But it's uh, it's written to crack the It was written so parents could sit with their kids and everybody was entertained. Absolutely, it's 100% true. My, my mom was one of the biggest Animaniacs fans. I, I, I want to work at the Warner Brothers Studio School because of that. We know um, John Powell, who scores all the Bourne movies. He scored How to Train Your Dragon. He just would have John Powell. He scores everything. He's a big, big, he and Danny Elfman, they're big. And uh, when he called me about doing Rio 2, he says, yeah, listen, I really love those Animaniac songs. And he says, I have a confession to because I used to watch Animaniacs and I wasn't a kid. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's a nice compliment. I watch this in adults. That's something. Um, have, I don't know, how many of you have actually seen uh, Talking Tunes as well? Because that's what he's up to now. It's Rob Shook. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. And that's what tomorrow is going to be like. It's going to be a lot like that. Yeah, he's so, he is so funny. I listened to his podcast for a long time before that. So funny. Like, this show is definitely something to see. And yet, it's Tucson was a big deal. Like, it's it's something you don't want to miss. Like, not to be chilling a bunch, but like, I'm so excited for what tomorrow is going to be. I think so. Yeah, we're excited, you know, we're excited to be here to do it. And when the comic concert, why don't you drop by? I know Rob was like, oh, damn, because he's in a session right now. Obviously, he's over at the Disney lot. So, um, but we'll be there tomorrow. And I, I tell you, it never killed, you know, sometimes you get together with him and Jim Cummings and um, with uh, um, Jess Larnell and, um, oh, I'm trying to think of all these Terrific voice actors, and they all start doing Christopher Walken. They call it, oh, they call it, they call it the Walken. And I mean, these guys can do any voice. Oh, Frank Welker is what the name is. But uh, Jeff Bennett. I mean, all these fantastic, and they can do any voice. And Tress McNeil. Oh my God, Tress done what 500 episodes of The Simpsons. She she plays Don. She's also Principal Skinner's mother on The Simpsons. She's the cat lady. She, on Future, you guys watch Futurama. She's mom, she's, Marisa Marsh plays Laura from the Omicron Project, and she's his wife, you know, and she, they put all this roles. And those people are all so fast on their feet. They're, you know, they all come from improv, like Saturday Night Live. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Because yeah. again, that's the thing about, it's not, it's not voiceover, it's voice acting. It's, 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 it's a lot of effort. That's not, that's what we're saying. Yeah. 
And sometimes they'll just start riffing in the in this in the booth, and I'm going, gee, they're doing better than what we wrote. Yeah, it's, that's always one of my favorite things to see. Whenever you get any type of behind the scenes, DVD, anything like that, watch them all talk about it. It's great. Actually, now I have one question. I don't want to turn some questions over to you guys, but um, it's just about like, let me ask you this one credit. I've always noticed growing up on all these shows, besides the phony credit, you notice Tiny Tunes and anybody's got the phony credit. Voice director, Andrea Romano. Yes, Andrea. She has got to be one of the most important people that ever walked through Warner Brothers because her name has been behind everything, even up until the most recent voices for like the Batman movies and because uh, they got Adam West to do some of those now and it's great. But I've always, and I, I saw a documentary about her, or she was on um, The Nerdist, and she grew up on Long So I was like, oh, okay. she grew up on Long which I kind of, yeah, she grew up now. She's living here. I didn't know that. I'm very good. I know Andrea very well. I've worked with her many times, and she's the the voice director for all of those shows of Warner Animation and others. She just retired, actually. Yeah. But she's, um, yeah, she was running all the shows. She's been, I don't know how many Emmys, but that's, you know, a huge part of the process is the acting and getting, you know, bringing out of the actors. Because, you know, what animation is, obviously, it's artists who are taking that and translating that onto the screen, and all that comes from the performance. What you don't want to do is have an artist, if you can avoid it, is have the artist draw it and then have the actor voice it, because then the actor is just having to make it, you know, match what's on the screen. What you do is you bring the actors in and they go crazy. Take Robin Williams when he did the genie and Aladdin, he was just ripped about crazy, and Eric Goldberg was like, this is cool. Then they take what they do and then they they sit there with their headphones on and they're storyboarding and they're able to take all of that and translate it into it. But we really do need to give a lot of credit to the artists too because they're the other big half of this. Yeah, no, it's it's wild, it's huge again. So let me ask you something. Who's got some questions? My very very talented guest here. You sir, do I need to walk over to you? Do you want to walk up to here? Can you shout? Just shout. Let me see if I can hear you. Hello. Hey, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear you? Yeah. What's your name? Tyler. It's Tyler. There you go. Hi, Tyler. So, um, uh, the question actually just came And I think Paul Rudd did it because, and he just, you know, did the way they speak. I am for you to guide to fight the Rudd And the animators were doing it. And then, of course, Richard Stone had a field day with the music, just doing all that techno kind of stuff. But yeah, that's exactly what they were doing. It was just, you know, poking fun. And, and I give credit to Rock, to uh, Paul Rudd on that. And that used to happen a lot to the Tur to Ninja Turtles people. You know, how many different versions of Ninja Turtles have we ever heard of? It's because when something's a phenomenon, everything does go get it, especially a lampooning cartoon like that. Who else? Who else got something for us? Anybody? Come on. Hi. What do you got, sir? I love your shirt, by the way. Look at that shirt. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Joey from the Animaniacast. The oh, only yes. Animaniacs podcast out there. Uh, uh, Plug. <laughs> anyway. The Animaniacast. you got to check out that podcast. Yes. Right. So anyway. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, question: uh, Do you have any uh, have you any involvement working with Bernadette Peters with any of the the Mindy uh, not Mindy but Rita and Run? Yeah, Rita and Run. Yeah, the question was any involvement with Bernadette Peters. Yes, she used to record. I wrote quite a few songs uh, that she sang, uh, but she used to record out of New York. And I, I think sometimes Andrea Romano flew back there 
or they just had her go to a, a studio there. But you know, she's a total pro, total pro. So she could just come in and nail that. That's what she does. It was really pretty cool to have her on the show. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she was a homeless cat. Yes. <laughs> and and the dog was played, of course, by Frank Walker, who does all. And uh, he was basically supposed to be Dustin Hoffman's character in Rain Man. And you know, the funny thing about Frank, the most talented guy, if you go, you're not going to believe me, so you got to do this to, to show that I'm right. It, there's a thing, I believe it's called Q Factor, or something like that. In other words, they rate an actor by how much stuff he's been in, how many things he's been in, right? Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Meryl Streep, Frank Welker is above all of them. He's the top of the list because he's done every animal voice. He's the voice of Scooby-Doo, and he can't sing. So when I would write songs for him, like I wrote a, I wrote a score for a Scooby-Doo movie, and I had, you know, Frank, a, so I had the guy that the, the character was singing with him. Who's the little sidekick to, to, to Scooby? Um, Scrappy-Doo? No, no, Jackie, the, the human. Jackie, yeah. Jackie, yeah. And so Jackie was singing, because he had a good voice, but he goes, it was something like, ding da a loop, I climb up on the roof, da 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 things would get tough, and things would get roof. And that, that's how I would write it, I would make it, because Frank couldn't sing. I'd give him those. But uh, amazing, amazing talented people. And funny, too. That's what they are funny. That's the other thing. Did anyone ever see, here's a rare one, Mark Hamill made a movie. It's called Comic Book of the Movie. Did you ever see that movie, anybody? No, no, yes, 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 yes. It stars all of the voice actors, but like in person, and you finally can see them. Because that was also a time when Mark Hamill, when he would do stuff, he'd do it like this. They used to protect it a little more back then, because it was like kind of a, like it's almost a secret society, or definitely like kind of a club, but they would protect the voice acting a bit more. And he wouldn't he wouldn't do the lag in front of me. Like, he would, why was he doing that? To hide his face. To hide his face. I saw it in some old DVDs when they would talk about that behind the scenes in like the 90s. You know, Mark, I worked with Mark on a couple of shows. Just a great guy. And he's doing, you know, so marvelous, you know, the research to the Star Wars movie. But, in fact, Rob and I worked together with him on a show called Danger Rangers, and, uh, which was a lot about safety, and uh, I wrote a lot of songs for them. Uh, and in fact, I wrote all the songs for that show, and Mark sang a lot of them. But, um, Mark, I remember... I was writing on Batman, and Tim Curry was the Joker. And I don't know what was, was happening. I wasn't working out for some reason. Maybe his schedule, or maybe you know they weren't happy with his performance. But I remember uh, I was in Alan's office, and Alan said, "Hey, listen to this." And he he hit the little button on his little tape recorder, and this voice came out of the Joker, and I thought, "Wow, that's really good," because it, it replaced Tim. I said, boy, who is that? He said, that's Mark Hamill. I said, wait a minute, you mean Luke Skywalker Mark Hamill? He goes, yeah, that's Mark Hamill. So Mark really has a voice acting career as well as on camera. And he did, he played he played the Joker. And he's done, Mark's done a hell of a lot of animation voiceover. Oh yeah, he did very well. There's a very recent one, I don't know if you saw this, it actually probably just came out like a week ago, uh, of Justice League Action. And the Joker kidnaps Mark Hamill. Yeah, exactly. It's a riot. And then the trickster shows up. So and the Simpsons, the Simpsons in there. So at Comic-Con, where Mark Campbell shows up. They, yeah. yeah. It's fun to caricature yourself, I guess, to, to be able to make fun of yourself.
Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not at that point, it's true. And some of he's are really nice guy. I've always liked him. He's just real generous. Real you, always, you always seem to hear and see that, which is awesome. And so, you know, they say don't meet your heroes, but I think Luke Skywalker. Well, that's true. In fact, <laughs> that, that Pixar line, he says, I learned you can't trust anybody, especially not your heroes. Yeah. But uh, but but Mark is one of the rare ones. Right? Oh, that's awesome. If anyone else has questions, I might just say, there you go. Give it up. Um, my name's Jason. And, uh, the, a lot of the songs on the Animaniacs seem very complicated and elaborate and um, adventurous at times. And I was wondering if that was something that you brought to the show initially, or if you started to do that after you found out the talent that you had singing. Well, um, that's a really good question. The question was, you notice that the music became more and more sophisticated when we were doing that because of the talent we had. <clears throat> You know, my uh, my background was a lot really kind of in the Broadway style, where, where the song tells a story. So I wasn't really writing like for Josie the Pussycats or something like that. <clears throat> the songs really had something to say. And Rob immediately was such a good singer. I'm like, wow, I started writing them all for In fact, we do this in the show. So then they said, well, we need some songs for Rap, we need some songs for Dot. But um, I did do one where I had a button with a kid. They're all in the back of the car fighting. You ever had your kids in the back of the car and all having an argument? That's what was going on for me in real life, and I was getting really pissed. I go, I'm driving a car. And then it occurred to me, this might make a funny song. We do this song, in fact, one. So it turned into the quintet from West Side Story, where everybody is singing a different melody at the same time in this cacophony. And of course, I had the Warner Brothers Orchestra. Those guys can play anything. So it did. We, we began to take use of that. But generally, I would just write the song for what it was to be, you know, for where the song was supposed to be, and, and make it as good as I, I was able to. And I was, you know, it's like they say, you know, you, you, as a writer, you write the best script you can, you write the best song you can as a composer, but then it goes to the actors, and they take it to the next level. I'll tell you, and this has happened in my career a couple times, mostly at Disney, where I would really craft a song, and they would give it to some rising young pop star where they were trying and they would screw the song up, you know, and I'd almost take it personal. Like, you know how much work I did to write that song and then you come on and screw it up and we never hear again, you know. So as writers and composers you're pretty protective. And I was really lucky having Tress and Jess Mom to sing sing the songs. And Bernadette and others. Awesome. Let me uh, I'll jump in and ask you the basic question. So what's your favorite song you've done in the show? Oh, they asked me to they asked, I had the same question they asked when they, they answered they, they said when they asked Steven Spielberg, which one of your movies is your favorite movie? And he said, why don't you ask me which one of my kids is my favorite kid? You know, I, I, I love them all. And, and I, I wouldn't have put them forward if I didn't think they were really terrific songs. But I mean, but to be more fair to your question, I mean, it, it depends on sort of the venue it's in. I love when Rob sings, you know, the countries of the world. But and I assume you mean my songs from anime. I've written yeah. a musical now, and I love the songs from that. But um, God, you know, I'm really proud of all of them. And when you come to the show tomorrow night, I'd be interested to hear your comment because for me, and you know, Rob, this is rare for me. What I'm doing right now, it's really a treat. Rob and Tress and Jess and Jim Cummings and Mark Hamill, they make a lot of appearances at these comic cons, and so they get in front of the audiences to see them. People like me, I represent composers and writers, artists and storyboard artists and animators. We sit in a studio in our offices, we do our work, but we never really get to see the reaction of the audience to what we do. So when we do the show like we do tomorrow night, and I get to see the audience 
laughing and plotting, going crazy, that's really a treat for me. And and that, you know, I go, oh, they really like that song. Or they yeah. really like that song. So that makes me go, I'm really proud of that song. It's funny when something makes you pop like that. Like, there's going to be one thing. So that'd be a very modest man, modest man. Uh, right now, go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear another one. Because I kind of want to keep, kind of want to keep picking on you. Okay. Get me a third chair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have to ask, uh, of course, I'm sure you get this question a lot. Rumors of Animaniacs reboot started up in the spring of, of this year. Uh, general thoughts on that? Would you, would you return if asked? What? The question is, um, there was a leak. It was in the New York Times, I believe, in a variety magazine that Animaniacs is being rebooted under the personal supervision of Mr. Spielberg. And he asked, do I know anything about that when I come back? And my answer to that is, I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> any of those rumors. Um, because I'm not allowed to make any kind of announcement or something like that. That would be the responsibility and the authority of Warner Brothers and Amber, and you know, specifically Warner Brothers Animation. Which is run by Sam Register, by the way, who's like, I don't think I've ever met Sam Register, but he's like the coolest guy you'll ever be. He runs all these cartoons and he's just Mr. Cool, he's a great guy. And then, of course, uh, Steven Spielberg would, would have to authorize that. So I've heard the rumors that you have and other things, but I can't make any comment other than that. I won't say anything either. <laughs> <laughs> And Rob would give exactly the same answer I just gave. I said, I say come tomorrow, I think we can get that. Let's just pry that out. Let's just do that. So um, as far as tomorrow's show is concerned, yeah. tell me a little bit more of what they can expect to see, like top to bottom. Why should you go besides like, duh? That's a really good question. Why should you go to see Animaniacs in concert tomorrow night at the Rialto Theater? The first and easiest answer is because you're going to have a really great time. It, it's a fun show full of really cool animation and it's i like to say too what makes it a unique show because you know when i was doing all these shows i'm running a television show i've got my production facilities in vancouver canada i go to new york here but we do take time to come out and do these performances and the reason is because the it, it's such a delightful show that resonates with the audience it's got really terrific animation and what you're getting from this is the guys who help create it. Sometimes we bring Justin Trust with us too if we're doing the big, you know, uh, the big symphony orchestra one. But it's not like a tribute band. It would be as if you went to see the Looney Tunes and Carl Stalling was there and Mel Blanc was there and Chuck Jones were there. In other words, it's the people who actually physically made the show, not all of them, but you know, sort of the key ones that did it. And they can speak directly to the show and and perform it and also show you what what didn't make it or what was changed. And I think you'll find the songs are really, really fun. And and then of course, I think between Rob and I and Rob doing all those funny voices. And then the other thing that we do on top of all of the songs and all of the animation and all the is we tell the stories. I think Rob doing all those voices, God, Rob can just jump in back and forth and tell those voices. And there's something kind of cool watching, he likes to say, you know, I'm just this little white middle-aged guy and I'm the voice of your childhood, you know. 
but he can um, just jump. It, it, it's something about watching the guy, you know, the, the, the character on the screen, and then looking at Rob and seeing that voice come out. Like, that's the real guy. And Nancy does that to me, Nancy Cartwright. Whenever she breaks the Bart Simpson, I'm like, oh my God, it's Bart Simpson. No, it's not. I ran into Dan Castellano over at the Rezio because uh, we were giving him, before Sam Simon died, you know, they gave him the Rezio award, he had cancer. And so all the Simpsons guys were there. And they, they break in those voices. It's really something wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, those are some things. And then we also tell the stories of, of the show. And, we, and then we also do a Q&A. We always build that in. Oh, God, 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 The Q&A is a big thing. The audience usually, and everybody stays with that. We, uh, we do a lot of Q&A. And then afterwards, we do meet. We'll go out and meet with people. We sign things. Oh. We'll sign stuff, take pictures with everybody. So it's your chance to meet you know, some of the cast members. And, and the guy behind the scenes, you know, the people who help make the show. But I honestly say, you know, I've done a lot of theater, I've done a lot of shows, and sometimes you get what's called lightning in a bottle. And that's what Animaniacs Live and Amazing Concert is. It's a real, I'm really proud, it's a real gem of a show, and I'm just you know, proud to it. Because I don't need to do it, and I don't want to do something that I didn't think is really terrific. And this one, I mean, we've done, I don't know, 12, 13 cities already. We're, you know, from here, we're going to Florida, we're going back to New York, and California next. Um, it, the show's really caught on, so I can't say enough. If you're in, in the mind to go, I promise you, you will certainly enjoy yourself, get your money spent. Yeah, I believe it. And we were talking about Luke before, or Mark Hamill. But, and how nice he is and all that, so just a nice guy. If there's one guy that just seems like that nicest man, it's, it's Rob. Like, oh man. Oh, Rob was the nicest guy in the show because it's and he is really wonderful guy. And you know, Rob just went through too. He, he, he's kind of an inspirational guy. Because <clears throat> Rob does a lot of community work too. And then Rob, about a year and a half ago, called me and says, Randy, I got cancer. And he just told his head about it. So you got to do your treatment. He had it in his throat, of all things. It wasn't his vocal cord, it was throat. But he just went into it, did the treatment, did everything. And it really, you know, the, the, the doctor who met him, Rob likes to tell the story, because he could do those voices. Um, he, and he's a Russian guy. So he, you know, Mr. Paulson, the good news is we can completely cure you of this. The bad news is though we're going to have to almost kill you to do it. And they did, you know, because he took that radiation chemo. So he lost a lot of weight, but he's putting it back on now. So Rob, he looks terrific. He's completely cancer-free. He's back doing all the stuff that he did. Wow. But he's now able to talk to other kids. He goes to kids who are cancer survivors. You know, he's just this very inspirational speaker of how to overcome obstacles to live your life with joy and a sense of humor and fun. And uh, he's also quite an athlete. You know, he was a hockey player, too. Oh, really? Yeah, he's from Detroit. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not just a name, it's true. But a remarkable town, just a remarkable town. That's and awesome. a remarkable human being. You know, because I'm not doing any work in this sort of holiday. You know, there are people who are real talented, but boy, are they tough to get along with. They're not really jerks, you know. And, and then there's some people who are the real thing. Rob is one thing. Oh, that's something to hear. That's great. That's phenomenal. I'm so excited. I'm so, are you excited for tomorrow? I'm yeah. excited for tomorrow. Let me tell you, I can't wait. It's, if you go to www.realtotheater, put in Comic-Con and you'll get your discount. Yeah, all one word, no spaces, nothing like that. Any other questions from the crowd? Because I think we got maybe only a couple minutes. Good looking crowd. Just, and it smells so I'm sorry they didn't put our name up on the banner. I mean, how did you, 
Again, we came here, we thought, oh, are we on? We did this good say we're on. Maybe we're in the wrong place. But how did you guys how did you guys know? I mean you said you saw that. How did you know that uh, I was gonna be here? That the I mean, next family was taking place? I do like to promote. This is this is an authentic proof that you do have a following. <laughs> what? On the website, on Facebook, and all that. Because we, you know, because again, we did this in Honolulu, the Atlanta, and the entire room was filled with this. And also, we, you know, we did some of the songs because we weren't doing the show tonight. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think it was just a little bit of a late edition, and also two songs. No, I think it was a little bit of a late edition because of the printing. That's how this place works. That's how it gets. Because I didn't see the announcement for even myself up until then. I've been waiting since May. Uh, up until only a few days ago, so it's just been some of that. I mean, that's just what it is. Well, tell your friends if they like it, we'd love to have them come see the show. Yeah, okay. and then I'll yeah. meet you all after the show. We'll come up to if you want to talk to Robert and me. Yeah, it'll be something to see. Please come on down to that. That's going to be great. Again, I'll be giving out tickets for it all day tomorrow, so that'll be phenomenal. So go down, visit me, booth 1120. Uh, we have a question time. back here, sir. More questions? Go ahead. And that would be Ron Knight, our promoter. I love it. I'm no mathematician, but that sounds aces to me. So that's the way to do that. Let's give it up for our good our main man, our writer. Brown Giant, yeah, yeah, I'm Stinkle. Thank you. There you go. Hope to see you tomorrow. Okay. Phenomenal. Was Batman the Animated Series? Ah, so so there you go. So Randy Rogel was involved with Batman. Batman. The an- yeah, there you go. I love Batman. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> uh, I so it was a, it was a nice panel. Uh, he said that he'll be on the show someday too. So Ooh, okay, hopefully this Sunday. No, not this Sunday. Well, n- not anytime soon that I'm aware of. Oh, not Sunday. Oh, someday. Someday. Uh, you, you know how I talk. I get so excited. No, not Sunday. Someday. <laughs> uh, so Randy Rogel was awesome. So the next day, the next day um, was a very, very busy day because uh, not only was Saturday one of the bigger days of Tucson Comic Con, but we, I hosted a panel with Jason and our buddy Kyle. And we hosted it on Star Wars. We didn't host it on Animaniacs. We hosted it on Star Wars. <laughs> We talked all about the Last Jedi and stuff like that. And did you mention our podcast? Oh, you bet I did. Okay, good. Yeah, that <laughs> that's that's the yeah, which is very confusing for people to be seeing a Star <laughs> you Wars. Like Star Wars. <laughs> you might love, also like. Yeah, exactly. You love Animaniacs, right? People, cricket, cricket. Oh darn. Uh, no, they all. They all <laughs> everyone loves. Everyone Animaniacs. loves Animaniacs. That's right. So anyway, right after our panel, and I do mean right after our panel, because our panel <laughs> ended at at five twenty. Uh, we basically uh, packed up our stuff and uh, started heading uh, down, you know, about a mile away to the Rialto Theater for Animaniacs Live. And uh, I had purchased these tickets, gosh, back in April yeah. or March or something of, of this year when they were originally ske- scheduled to be uh, coming to Tucson in May. And, of course, that got postponed for uh, – I don't know really the reason, but it got postponed um, to November. Luckily, it still worked out for me. Unfortunately, it still didn't work out for Nathan, but no. whatever. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, me – uh, my uh, my friend Jason and my wife Jackie was able to be there as well, so we were all able to to be in the front row right there, front row center. 
So here's just a small sampling of some of the songs and stuff that we heard during the show. Uh, the show is about, I want to say, at least an hour and a half, maybe even two hours. There's an intermission involved as well. So it's actually pretty impressive the amount of entertainment you get with uh, Randy and Rob. Um, and it's kind of, kind of almost like a nightclub kind of setting when you have Randy playing the piano and uh, Rob just singing along. And it's, 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 it's pretty awesome. Anyway, here is a small sampling of what was played about a 10-minute sample. So here we go. Ooh, okay.
So that was the sample right there. What more? Yeah, sorry. You have to go see <laughs> Animaniacs Live for more. But you can see that video clip. I'll post it up on our uh, YouTube channel. We have an we have a YouTube channel. I, I we have to because we have a it has to be up there. Animaniacast. Yeah. I'll I'll share it everywhere. Check our Facebook and Twitter things, and you can probably find it there on uh, tw- on uh, YouTube as well. Animaniacs Live, YouTube. Animaniacast. Cast, sure. Yeah. Uh, something. Just keep typing words. So yep. something shows Random up. word, and then you'll eventually find it. There's not that many videos on YouTube. There's not I'm that sure. many words on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so coming up next is a Q and A session they have after they give everyone. A, you know, if you're not interested in Q and A and you just want to go home and take care of your kids, uh, you you're free to do so. But for those of uh, people who want to ask a few questions, uh, they gave an opportunity to uh, to ask them. So instead of kind of an encore, that was that was it. So. Uh, they sat down on some chairs, and some of the people in the audience got to ask some questions, including uh, two of our listeners were yes. there, uh, Cameron, and also our one of our other listeners, Danielle, from Oklahoma, got to ask a question as well. And, oh, speaking of listeners, right behind me, I got I to gotta mention this. Okay. <laughs> Your friends and our listeners... Dan and Jen, yeah, were sitting like literally, literally right behind I me. Saw the pictures. Yes, <laughs> they were tagging the Animaniacast on Facebook, and they were just showing pictures of the back of my head as I'm enjoying the show. But uh, yeah, got to say hi to, to Dan and Jen right there. They shook my hand and they had to introduce themselves. That was it was funny. So nice. so here's the Q and A uh, session, or at least a few selected questions uh, from the Q and A. Oh, I am. I'm on my Twitter. Um, if Jacko, Phoebe, and Jacko Stratton for real, what would you say to them? 
There is a great movie that I can have on the movie. There's a great movie that I watched for the same thing. The 40s, the 80s, and so the life of Lou Gehrig, who ultimately passed away from the disease, from the autonomous disease, the same after him. He said, see, Lou Gehrig disease. He's like, why me? Why me? And there's a scene in the movie in which Lou says, and he addresses that. And he says, some people think I've been given a horrible thing, but I can tell you right now, I want you to shine your face here. With all the respect for this year, I love to So that's what I would say to those people, because I have a chance to think I'm going to do something I would do for free. Um, or you know, I don't know, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. 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 I'm
thought my day was saved and nobody cares about what I'm like, but I can also be. What it is is tell I'm not. And one of the great things about this very show that we're celebrating tonight is the fact that we got that episode for 20 years. And we have a breadth of audience members from seven or eight years old to probably six or seven. And that speaks directly to the genius of Steve Silver, Tom Ruber, Gene Curry, who knew precisely what they were doing to not condescend to the audience. And we're here 20 years later going, oh my God. You guys know what condescending means. <laughs> Um, we had the casting, uh, 
came up and said, hey, I'm not the director of the show. He said, hey, Bob, have you ever considered um, directing, you know, and a voice writing? And I said, no. Not because I didn't want to, because I, I, it's hard to get work. And I've had good forces working on Barry Romano and Gordon Hunt and all the best of the best in the world's best. They said, well, you know, Tom Kennedy has been directing SpongeBob, who his voice is SpongeBob. He's been directing SpongeBob the last couple of years in terms of voice actors, and it's worked out well. Would you consider being a voice director on the upcoming iteration of Ninja Turtles for fall of next year, 2018? And I said, well, sure, I would love to do it. And they asked me, I, I, I thank you for asking because I've always loved to have the opportunity to let other voice directors know, you know, if it comes down you know, by online that I'm not trying to snake their day. But it is turned out to be a blast. And the cast, the new cast announcement was just made, I think Thursday. Um, the new, um, for the first time, we have three African-American cast members, which I'm thrilled about because it's, it really is about Diversity, trying to figure out uh, you know, uh, new ways to bring everybody together. I think they also understand that the people who go to conventions are, doesn't matter. It's about being part of the tribe, whether you're black, white, green, orange, yellow. Um, there are folks who are honest, whatever. So now Omar Miller, who is uh, uh, on the cast of Ballers, is uh, Raphael. Michael, uh, I'm sorry, um, um, Brendan Michael Smith uh, is um, Michelangelo. Uh, Josh Brenner from uh, Southern Valley is Donatello. And uh, Ben Schwartz from Parsonwreck is Leonardo. And Kat Graham, those of you who are fans of um, oh gosh, the Vampire Show. Um,
so we have turned out to be not only on glass, but there's this kind of cool full circle we kind of go, oh my God, you tell us however you want us to do it. <laughs> so sweet. And the new show is going to be 2D, a traditional, like the original Purple Sweet Animation. Just like every other show, um, it is a big deal to be part of the Ninja Turtles franchise. Um, and the kids, I mean, the, the kids over to me who are making it are so excited. So if the show doesn't work, it won't be because they don't love doing it. It's an incredible joy for them. Laughter is the best mess. The cool thing is you can't go eat it and we go talk to them. Hey, you guys, it's Rob Paulson here. Um, I am so thrilled that we have the Animaniacast to continue to find a way to help me to get a freaking job. Thank you for listening. Bye. So we are now waiting in line to get some autographs from Mr. Rob Paulson and Randy Rogel. And here's Jason. Hi. And here's my wife. Hello. And what did you guys think about the show? I had a blast. It was so much fun, and they spent way too much time on the Q&A. They like got kicked off the stage, so that was really great. <laughs> <laughs> and honey, what about you? I thought it was amazing. It was better than I even was expecting. That's good. I saw you were you were enjoying yourself quite a bit, which I was very I was very pleased with because I was worried if you would like the show at all. <laughs> so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk over here with one of our listeners if they would like to talk. Okay, everybody, this is Joey once again, and I'm here with. Danielle. And Danielle is one of our listeners. She submitted I uh it was it was kind of like an essay, right? It was a, it was a letter. I, no, it was an essay. It was an essay. It was an essay about Animaniacs and of course she cited us. She, she talked about us as well in it, which was very awesome. And and you are here. Where are you here from again? Oklahoma. All the way from Oklahoma. Yeah. To see Animaniacs live yes. in Tucson. Yes. That is so awesome. So tell us tell us the story. This because I was hearing how, how all this happened and it was it was crazy. How did you end up coming here to Tucson for Animaniacs Live? Okay, well, so I tried to go for the first concert in California, but I actually got really sick and could not make that one. And then I always thought, you know, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better for the next two, like one in St. Paul, next one in I think it was Pennsylvania or whatever. Couldn't make those. Well, then Arlington came along. And I'm like, oh, my word, all my physical therapy's over. I can swing it, and it'll be fine. And then that one got canceled. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it got rescheduled, and my cousin's wedding was the date that it was rescheduled. And now I'm here, and I'm so excited, and it was great. <laughs> it was so great. I loved it. It was such a great show. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for listening to the Animaniacast. You're one of our first listeners, listening from right in the beginning. So thank you so much. There you go. I'm shaking your hand, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is the sound of a handshake. Yes. There you go. So, <laughs> thank you again for being such a great listener. Oh, well, thank you for being a great host. I love the Animaniacast. Yay! Okay. <laughs> All right. So, there we go. So, cool. the, really, the last thing that there was was just a, to get our autographs because if you uh, purchase the VIP tickets, uh, 
Rob and Randy actually do take the time to meet you and sign some autographs and things like that. I got uh, a couple things signed. I got uh, the soundtrack, the original soundtrack of Animaniac signed, right. uh, which uh, was amazing and fantastic to get that signed finally. Um, <laughs> after, gosh, how many years just kind of sitting on the shelf, 20-something, 25 years, just kind of sitting around in the, <laughs> in the house. Uh, and the other thing I got signed was the... Uh, Pinky and the Brain picture that Maurice LaMarche signed. Oh, fun. Uh, because, you know, Maurice was there at Phoenix Comic Con, yeah. but Rob wasn't able to be there because he was recovering from cancer treatments and everything. So I was finally able to kind of complete that <laughs> autograph set yeah. right there, too. So that was really awesome. And, of course, make sure to talk to, to Rob and Randy right there and uh, invite them on the show. Who knows? We might just see them someday. Someday. I think. No, not Sunday. Oh, someday. Again, sorry. Jeez, Nathan. Okay, so anyway, uh, so that, that was about it. So um, you missed it, Nathan. Uh, there'll be another one, right? There will be many others. They're, they're the uh, check your uh, local listings, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, you yeah. know, we'll, we will tweet them out as they appear. You know, I know they have a one coming up in the Los Angeles area in March, I think I it was. I believe it's March. And then I think in, I want to say in January or February, they have one in New York as well. Ooh-hoo. So they're, you know, they're all, they're popping around, you know, the place and all around the country. So if you keep your ears to the ground, folks, you will, you will see them show up in your neighborhood, I'm sure. So, and it's definitely a show you don't want to miss. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, Rob and Randy not only are incredibly talented, but they're also two of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. So now, Nathan, okay, before we go, tell us. Who do we have on the show next week? Um, I believe Kelly will be on the show. That's true. That's very true. So we didn't have her this week, so that's true. I feel like, uh, yeah, we tried to get Kelly over here to Tucson. To... She's, I think she's still driving, but I don't know. Yeah, she couldn't make it this in time. Point, she should just turn around. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Kind of like... We're almost in the last few seconds. But, yeah, seriously. But, this will be... <laughs> but who else is going to be our special guest again uh, next week? Me. You will be there as one uh, special okay, guest. Okay, sorry. Wait. Is it Tom Ruger? That's right. Tom oh! Ruger is back again. Oh, I can't wait to hear what he says. That's right. Well, he, he will have plenty to say and to share with us once again. Uh, here's a little uh, spoiler alert for everybody. We recorded it last night, uh-huh. and it was awesome because we got <laughs> some more um, audio exclusives, exclusives uh, for, uh, for the show, and you'll be able to hear some people auditioning for... Gosh, the parts of let's see, Doctor Scratch and Sniff, mm-hmm. and a, l- a few more. Pink in the brain. Pink in the brain. Yakko, a bunch of different Dots. auditions. Yeah. Dot. Oh, and Minerva Mink and Minerva Mink and Newt auditions. Yeah, it's there's they're all over the place. All over. So the Hip Hippos. Yeah, there's another right. one. There's like so many auditions. Yeah. it's going to be crazy. Uh, and of course, some questions from the audience as well. So, oh, we're continuing our fun this Animaniacs discussion and all this stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, to get in contact with Nathan, go to what Nathan Twitter. And what are you on Twitter? I'm a Django FT. That's me. All right. And <laughs> Animaticast, we are Animaticast at RetroZap.com. You can check out our archives over at Animaticast.com. And uh, that'll take you all the way over to RetroZap.com, where you can not only see our stuff, but stuff from all of RetroZap's 
stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> there's a 21 podcast on the RetroZap network right now, yeah, which you is can't name them now. Anymore. They, I can't too many. I, I can't list them off the head, top of my head. If I even if I tried right now, so but I will name a couple right off the top of my head. Hey, Bruise and Blasters, that's a great Star Wars okay. one. Uh, let's see, t- uh, Techno Retro Dads, mm-hmm. that's a great one. Uh, Animaniacs, Animaniacs, love those guys. Yeah. Uh, not really. Uh, Argcast <laughs> for video games. Uh, you know, they have the Deuce Cast. The you know, I'm uh, Skywalking through Neverland and uh, uh, oh. oh Starship Sabers and Scoundrels, just to name a just, few. Yeah, there's, there's so I, many. Of them. I, I'm gonna, I'm Too leaving, I'm leaving people out. Just go to, just go to retrozap.com and you'll, you'll see what I mean. Anyway, that'll wrap things up for tonight. So for Nathan and me, this is Joey <laughs> saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Hello, genius people! Yako Warner here. The only show we listen to in the Water Tower is the Animaniacast. I bet you can't guess why. Good night, everybody!